today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. John says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He quotes here from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. John was simply telling people to get ready because the Lord is coming. And we should tell people to get ready because the Lord is coming back, right? Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He could come at any moment for his church. He could come today for his church. And we need to be ready and we need to tell other people they need to be ready as well. Would you consider yourself a voice crying out in the wilderness? Well, you would probably be hard-pressed to find anyone who identifies by such a title. It's actually quite fitting for the calling we've received as believers. In today's message, Pastor Dan will teach you that just as John the Baptist reached out to the lost in the wilderness, we too are called to reach the lost. In his study, you'll learn that the only difference between ours and John's ministry is that we proclaim his second coming, not his first. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. would you define who you are? How, how would you fill in the blank? I am a fill in the blank. Now, a lot of people would define who they are by what they do. That's how most people, at least in our culture, define who they are, by what they do. Well, I am a engineer, or I'm a teacher, or I'm a soldier, or I'm a stay-at-home mom, whatever. We define who we are by, by what we do. There's a bunch of different ways we could fill in that blank. John also could have answered the question many different ways of who are you? You know, he he could have said, well, my story really begins before I was even born. And let me tell you about me. My dad was a priest. He was serving in the temple. And one day while he was in the temple, an angel appeared to him, told me he was going to have a child. My dad was really old. My mom was unable to have children. So I was, I had this miraculous conception uh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit while I was still in my mother's womb. Uh, God, you know, sent me in the spirit and power of Elijah. He, he, there was a lot of things that John could have said to answer that question. John had some pretty good credentials, some impressive credentials that he could have shared here. But I want you to see how John answers the question and think about how you would answer the question or how I'd answer that question. Verse 23 John simply says, I am a voice. I'm a voice. John's whole life and purpose was telling people about Jesus and pointing people to Jesus. And that's how he defined his life. I'm a voice for Jesus Christ. It's all that I am. And I think for each of us, that that should be how we define who we are and how we define our lives and what our purpose is in this world. And yes, we have other things that define us. We've got a career, and we've got a family, we've got a profession, and all of those things. But more than anything else, we should see ourselves as simply a voice for Jesus Christ in this world. And that I point people to Jesus when I have the opportunity to do it. And I tell people about Jesus when that opportunity arises. 
And that's really what my life is defined by. Just a voice. Yeah, I've got this job. Yeah, I've got a marriage, and I'm a husband, and I've got kids, and da 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 But I'm a voice. A voice for Jesus Christ. In verse 23, John says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And he quotes here from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. John was simply telling people to get ready because the Lord is coming. And we should tell people to get ready because the Lord is coming back, right? Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He could come at any moment for his church. He could come today for his church. And we need to be ready and we need to tell other people they need to be ready as well. Now, those who were sent were from the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a group within Judaism, a sect within Judaism. There were other groups within Judaism. There was also the Sadducees, which are mentioned in the Gospels. And there was another group called the Essenes. Uh, And these were all just different groups within Judaism, similar to how we have denominations within uh, Protestant Christianity. Uh, Verse 25. And they asked him, saying, well, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? These religious leaders seem to be really bothered by the fact that John was baptizing people and calling them to repentance. And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. So Jesus hasn't revealed himself yet. Jesus has not been baptized at this point. He hasn't begun his public ministry. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Uh, Jesus was born after John the Baptist, but John understood the preexistence of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the eternal God, who was in the beginning, who was God. And, and John knows that, that Jesus is, is that. And he says, he who is coming after me is actually preferred before me. And then again, at the end of verse 27, he says, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. And I love John's answer here. And I love his humility, the humility of John. And what John does, and I want you to note this, and I want you to see this. What John does here is he deflects the attention away from himself and to Jesus. He deflects the attention away from himself and to Jesus. These officials from Jerusalem are there to question John and to talk to John and ask John questions about himself. Who, who are you? Why are you doing this? Uh, you know, what, you know, what's your authority? Uh, to do this. John is the biggest thing to happen in Israel in the last 400 years. And God has been silent for 400 years. No prophets in the land. Now John is the prophet in the land. He's the biggest thing to happen in Israel in the last 400 years. And, And here's John's response when the officials come out and they're talking to him and they're asking him questions and they want to know about him and they put the microphone in his face what do you have to say, John? Tell us about you, why you're doing this, why you're out here. The cameras are rolling, the lights are on, and he's got the stage, he's got the microphone. Here's what John says, and I don't want you to miss this. John says, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. 
I'm less than nobody. You should be you shouldn't be asking me about me. You should be asking me about the one who's coming after me. (laughs) Whose shoe I'm not even worthy to tie. Who cares about me? You should be asking me about the one who's to come. And John has this opportunity. He's given this opportunity where he is expected to talk about himself and share about himself. And he's given the floor to speak. And he uses that opportunity instead to point them to Jesus, to point them to Jesus. And John is a great example for all of us. For all of us, when, when you or I have the opportunity, when people are looking to us and asking us questions about us and who we are and why you do it, you're given the floor, you're handed the microphone, it's your turn to speak. Use that opportunity you're given to point people to Jesus Christ. Use that opportunity you're given to point people to Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus put it this way. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus said, let let your light shine. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine. Don't hide your light. Listen, don't hide your light by talking about yourself. Hide yourself. By talking about Jesus Christ. Right? Just like John. I'm not even worthy to tie a shoe. I'm nobody. Who cares about me? Let me tell you about the one who is coming after me. Hide yourself. And talk about Jesus. Whenever you have that opportunity. And you have the opportunity. It's given to you. And look for that opportunity. You know, when, when can I make this a testimony about Jesus? How can I make this a testimony about Jesus? They want to hear what I have to say? Well, I'm, I'm going to deflect the attention from me. I'm going to point them to Jesus Christ. And I, I had the opportunity, the privilege a couple of years ago to go to a promotion ceremony for a young man that attended our church. He's, he's moved away. He's in the military. And at this promotion ceremony, uh, he was actually selected for promotion before he was at a point where he would get a promotion. So he was selected early for promotion. He is that excellent at what he does. Uh, And so we went to this promotion ceremony, and there were uh, people that got up and spoke about him and how excellent he is at his job. The commander of the whole program got up to speak about him. A colonel got up and spoke about him and how excellent he is. And the colonel even joked and said, one day we're all going to call him sir. Because one day he's going to outrank all of us because he's that good. And just all of this praise and all of this esteeming of of this young man and all of it, he deserved. He did do an excellent job. He was excellent at what he does. Or he is excellent at it. And then it was his opportunity to get up to speak. And he gave all credit for who he was to two men in his life. The first was to his father, who was there in the audience. And he talked about how his father, when he was a child, instilled in him such a strong work ethic and a strive for excellence. And it was, and it was his dad that gave him that drive to be excellent in everything that he does. The second man that made him who he is, that he said, Jesus Christ. 
And he turned that whole thing into an opportunity to testify to Jesus Christ in this room full of peers that he worked with. And he pointed them all. He deflected all of the attention. He didn't take any credit for anything. He gave the credit to his dad and he gave the credit to Jesus Christ. And he didn't touch any of the credit. He deflected it all to Jesus Christ. And he used that opportunity that he was given to point people to Jesus Christ. And it was awesome. And it was risky. It wasn't his retirement ceremony where he was going to walk out the door and never see those bozos again. It was just a promotion ceremony. He was going to go back to work right after the ceremony and show back up the next day. So it was risky for him to put that out there. But he did. And he pointed people to Jesus Christ, just like John does here. John's got this opportunity where people want to hear from him and hear what he has to say about himself. And what does he say? I'm nobody. You need to be asking me about Jesus Christ. And he points people to Jesus. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of of the world. Jesus points to Jesus and identifies him as the Lamb of God, the sacrifice God has provided for the sin of the world. This is why Jesus Christ left heaven. This is why he came to this earth. This is why he took on human flesh and became a man and pitched his tent among us in this world so that he could be the sacrifice for our sins, so that he could give his life as a substitute for us to atone for all of our sins so that our sins can be forgiven and taken away and so that we can have eternal life with God. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, the first time uh, the word lamb is used in the Bible is all the way back in Genesis chapter 22 when Abraham and Isaac go together up Mount Moriah to make a sacrifice. And remember, Isaac said to his father, Abraham, here's the wood and the fire, but where is the lamb for sacrifice? And Abraham answered, God will provide for himself a lamb. And that's the first time we find the word lamb mentioned in the Bible. God will provide for himself in the lamb for uh, provide for himself a lamb. Then you come to the New Testament and John points to Jesus and says, behold, the lamb of God. Here's the lamb that God has provided for himself as a sacrifice. Jesus Christ, the lamb of God. And notice it says to take away the sin of the world. Uh, That phrase take away, the, the Greek word has the idea of bearing the weight of and carrying away. And so when Jesus was on the cross, all the sin of the world was put on him and he bore the weight of our sin and he took it away. Isn't that good news? 
that Jesus took our sin. He bore the weight of it and he carried it away from us. He took it away from us. And notice it says the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Not the sins, plural, but the sin, singular. And the sense here is that all of the sins of humanity were bundled together into one. And the sin of the world was put on Jesus Christ all at once. Once and for all when he was on the cross. You know, Thursday nights, uh, we're studying through the Old Testament. Uh, we're going through the book of Isaiah. We just recently went through Isaiah 53 where it says of Jesus, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers are silent. So he opened not his mouth. Jesus Christ, the lamb of God. You know, first Peter chapter one says that we were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Jesus, the Lamb of God. John goes on in verse 30 to say, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Again, affirming the preexistence of Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 31. This is interesting. John says, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John says twice here that he did not know that Jesus was the Messiah until the Holy Spirit descended upon him and remained upon him. God called John to begin preaching and calling people to repentance and baptizing them in the Jordan River to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. But and so John began that ministry. And when John began that ministry at that time, he didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah who is to come. He, he just went out and he began baptizing people and preaching repentance. And, and but at that point, he didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. God told John the sign. That would identify the Messiah. God told John the Holy Spirit will descend and remain upon him. And that will be the sign that that's the Messiah. That's the one. In verse 32, John says, I saw the spirit descend, descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him. And that's how John knew that Jesus was the one. Now, the other gospels tell us the details of the baptism of Jesus and we learn in the other Gospels that when Jesus was baptized, as he came up out of the water, the heavens opened, literally the heavens ripped open, and the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove and remained on him. And that was an answer to the prayer of Isaiah in Isaiah 64, 1, where Isaiah prays, Oh God, rend the heavens and come down. 
And God did rend the heavens and come down. At the baptism of Jesus, the heavens were ripped open and the Holy Spirit of God descended and the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus Christ. And that's unique. You know, in the Old Testament previously, the Holy Spirit would come upon an individual for a specific task and then depart. But now the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus and, and, and remains on Jesus. It's something different that the Holy Spirit's doing. And so John knew that Jesus was the one because he saw the Holy Spirit descend and remain upon him. And so John says in verse 34, finally, I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. Now, remember, John, the apostle, writes this gospel to show us that Jesus is the Christ and the son of God so that we would believe in him and receive life through his name. And one of the things that John's going to do to show us that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God is he's going to call a series of witnesses out who are going to testify that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John hears the first witness. And John says, I have seen that Jesus is the Son of God. That's the testimony of John. That's what he witnessed at the baptism. And what does a witness do? A witness simply tells what they saw. That's what John's doing. This is what I saw. I, I, I didn't know Jesus was the Messiah. And then I saw the Holy Spirit come down out of heaven, descend, and rest upon him. Then I knew he was the Messiah. I've seen that Jesus is the Son of God. The Gospel of John emphasizes John, John the Baptist's role as a witness, not as a baptizer. That's why he doesn't give us all the details about his baptism like you find in the other Gospels. Because in John's Gospel, John the Baptist is a witness. And he's telling us what he has seen. And what he has seen is that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. He asked me how I know and I say Bring truer than the finest crystal That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m., for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth.